Cow care and comfort is a number one priority for dairy farmers as wholesome milk starts with healthy and happy cows. Brought to you by Undeniably Dairy. I think the defense plays stellar, but it's so hard to continue that dominant play when your offense isn't giving you a chance to catch your breath on the sideline and regroup. Key to success, no mistakes, no turnovers. They got to play perfect football. Yeah. And I know you, you you can't play perfect football, but on the way of trying to chase perfection, you know, you can be great. And so I think that's what they just need to do. Don't give the ball away and let Kirk get a chance to go win the game. Week two of the NFL season is upon us as we look forward to another week of Minnesota Vikings football. Looking to go one and one this week against the Philadelphia Eagles as they head down south, down I-95 to face the NFC champions from a year ago. My name is Gabe Henderson. This is the Minnesota Vikings podcast, and I am alongside Jay Nelson, Tatum Everett, and our special guest of the day, Mr. Ahmad Hicks from Fox 9. And guys, we wanted to start the season off with the win. Um, I was doing some research, and the loss against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this past Sunday, we lost 20-17. to That was the first time in 10 years that we have lost at home in a home opener with fans. 2014 was the last time we lost at home with fans for our home opener. What went wrong, Ahmad? Mistakes. Yeah. Everyone knows mistakes, miscues, just simple missed assignments, you know, things like that that'll drive a coach crazy when they get home. I mean, we can just talk about the the obvious ones, um, the the Kirk Cousins interception in the two-minute yeah. drill, or you can say the K.J. Osborne drop on the goal line there took away three points or seven points off the board or the encroachment penalty on the mm. field goal that allowed Tampa mm. Bay to go get a touchdown instead of a field goal. So those are the most obvious things, you know. So I think it was just something simple that they can correct moving yeah. forward. Tatum? I mean, it, you really kind of summed it up. It, it's just it felt like like the momentum when you'd get the sense of a momentum or rhythm, the mistake would happen and then it just kind of went poof and you had to like build it up, back up. And I think when you're in a game like that where – it was just so close. You can't let those moments. They're just so fleeting. I think that they came in prepared, but I don't think they were really ready maybe to face that adversity just yet. But I think this is really like a good, you know, punch in the chin to kind of get you ready for Philly and and, and be able to handle that adversity up next. Last week, we talked about there'd be three or four big moments. And if you hit on those moments, those would be the difference maker trying to get Tampa to sprint and keep up with you kind of a thing. You hit on the Addison touchdown. You hit on the the uh, Alexander Madison touchdown. But then when you had the other one at the goal line, that turned yeah. into a you know interception. That's one of those moments that if you have that the opposite way, there's a difference in your game right there. Um, you also had the multiple fumbles and multiple turnovers in that game like just those pieces were the critical uh, difference in the entire thing. And if you can, again, as we all felt, statistically, you looked on paper, we were dominant in yeah. a ton of different areas. But there were one or two small things, even like the Jay Ward offside penalty. Goodness. That was a killer to then get them more time on the clock and just to burn more clock. All of those small things were the things that added up. And it just felt like typically in the past, if you win two out of three phases, you're usually good in a game. Felt like uh, offensively you were solid in one of those, and then there were kind of decent in, in other pieces, but those small mistakes and those other moments were the things that were the absolute killer for you. Yeah, before the Vikings scored their first touchdown uh, in the second quarter, there there was a moment where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were leading us, I think it was 11-11 to go in the second quarter, and they only had 30 total yards. And if you're Brian Flores, you're looking at it, you're looking at that and saying, okay, this is what we want to do. This is where we want to be. 
Uh, but offensively, when you have Justin Jefferson going for over 100 yards in the first half, those penalties are literally the one thing that took away from all the success that that we had. And uh, just moving to the second half, you you would hope that that success would continue. Jordan Addison scores his first touchdown in the first his first career touchdown in the first half. JJ 138 yards in the first half, and then second half, Justin Jefferson only 12 receiving yards. Were, were, were there anything that that stood out to you, Ahmad, that that you saw that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did to to kind of take away what we wanted to do offensively? Keep the ball on offense. Ooh. and start running the ball. The time of possession shifted drastically in the second half. I don't know the exact numbers, but I think Minnesota held on to the ball 19 minutes of the first half mm-hmm. compared to 10. And I think at the end of the game, the possession swung to the Buccaneers' favor of 30 minutes compared to the Vikings' 29. So I think that was the problem right there. They couldn't get off the field on money downs, on yeah. third downs, whether that was mistakes, whether that was penalties, or just not simply executing. Like at the end of the game, we've raved about Ivan Pace Jr. all offseason, mm-hmm. rightfully so, but he had a chance, I believe, on what, third and three to tackle Baker Mayfield yeah. short of the first down, and he let him get that first down. So it's just plays like that where the guys were in the right position and, you know, to excel, they just didn't execute. And I think when you look at the stats and you look at Tampa Bay's production, 242 total yards, um, 68 total plays, but 73 yards rushing. Mm-hmm. That's a really solid day, yeah. you know, for Coach Flores' right. defense. I mean, I don't think you want them to do more, especially in the first half. They would have given up no points if Kirk Cousins didn't get sacked and give up that fumble Mm -hmm. and result to a field goal. Mm -hmm. So I think the defense plays stellar, but it's so hard to continue that dominant play when your offense isn't giving you a chance to catch your breath on the sideline and regroup. I mean, it's it's so similar, but like the tables have turned almost as last season where you saw that the offense was just trying to play catch up because the defense was just letting these big, big moments happen. And so now this the roles kind of reverse, which I think is the most surprising thing because you look back and you're like all that confidence you had in the offense, it, it wasn't it was it was where the mistakes were coming from for the for I mean half half the mistakes, I guess you could say. But but I can agree with you more about the second half. It's just so deflating when you have an opening drive there in the second half where your defense or your offense doesn't see the field for almost 10 minutes and you can't really – it felt at times that the score should have been more lopsided, especially after the first half. Sure. And when you look at the turnovers, I mean, I know I feel like we've kind of been a broken record about that. When you look at the turnover margin, you're just not going to win. It felt to me like Tampa basically did a Mike Zimmer-esque uh, defensive <laughs> game plan where it was keep it close, get to the end, keep their offense off the field, run the ball like crazy, burn up the clock, mm. kick a field goal, and yeah. go home with the winner. And that yeah. was something that just it, it stood out to me after the game going, how did the second half flip as much as it did? Because Justin was absolutely killing them in the first yeah. half. So when he got to the second half and, and you just saw it turn into that kind of slow grind and just wearing out the defense by the end, we just needed to get a stop. And here you got Baker Mayfield running to the sticks and then throwing a really nice out pass um, just at the sideline. They did just enough to move the sticks, burn the clock, kneel the ball, and run out the door with a victory. So that was what was the most frustrating about the second half. I feel like that's Baker Mayfield's career. But here's (laughs) the thing. like We had talked about it, too, even last week. The idea of Baker Mayfield is if you get him in a high-pressure situation where they have to chase, that's when he makes mistakes. Yeah. And instead for them, they had the lead and all he had to do was just enough to get mm-hmm. there. Think about there was um, there was the play where uh, 51 uh, jumped over the top of him on a sack instead mm-hmm. of a it's like an eight yard loss. And that would have forced ben them Whitley. to punt. Yeah, yeah Whitley, that was the yeah. thing. So like you had those kind of moments where there was just enough where he, he ducked when he needed to. Like he made all the right moves just to get it to the point where 
They got the victory, got out the door, and, and you know, honestly, kudos to him for not making any mistakes in that game. Yeah, I mean, to those mistakes, I'm just looking at the second quarter, the Viking, the second half. The Vikings had three possessions. They had three drives. The first drive went 16 plays, 75 yards, touchdown. And then the following two drives went three and out. So when you only have the ball six plays and a half outside of your your one touchdown possession, that, that says a lot about how the, I guess, the tides are turning in, in favor of the opposing team, Amad. Yeah, and uh, and then you have to bring in the play calling and those six plays because now everybody, you know, puts that under a magnifying glass and they're, like, picking at it. I don't think the play calling was that bad in the second half. I think it was just the, the lack of options or the lack of um, opportunities that the Vikings had in the second half. And I think you can credit the Tampa Bay defense. They play really, really well down the stretch. And I think what the Vikings did – which they shouldn't have done in the first half, was give Tampa Bay hope. Yeah. You know, they let Baker Mayfield believe that he had a chance to win that game instead of, like Tatum said, it probably should have been 28-3 to at halftime. Easily. Like, easily 28-3. to That was a Matt Ryan joke, too. Exactly. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, I saw I that. I can't believe you saw that. that Do you think you're serious? I couldn't tell. Yeah, I, I feel th- like they discussed that before. They had, because they had discussed that. Matt I, had no reaction so. to it. Well, he, he did. Should. He did have reactions. Yeah, he was like, it. all right. He, like, his face really? didn't look like it moved. Yo, so some there was a picture of them zooming in on Matt's face when the guy said, you know, this game should be 28 to 3. His, his head, his head went to the yeah. side and his, his face dropped. He kept a good poker I face. I mean, because if you think about it, the last time he was in that building, he lost on a right. dramatic comeback. Right. You know, so. he, he said that in our network interview. Yeah. He was like, you know, I love, I love, I want to be there. I can't wait to see it from this side of things and like enjoy the fan yep. experience yeah. and the crowd and, and, and enjoy Because, you know, I really haven't enjoyed it. He kind of like made a joke about it. Basically, he probably enjoyed being the first like half. Bad performances I'm sure he, there. He enjoyed the first half. Yeah, sure. so he yeah, so he definitely he made a nod to that. But yeah, I was yeah. I was very shocked. Yeah. Not that we totally derailed, but I was it's like, I can't hey, believe Vikings that pulled happened. Matt Ryan. Right. They, they, they yes. pulled a Matt Ryan. They should have won that game. <laughs> they gave Baker Mayfield hope, and now they're heading into Philadelphia now with a sour taste in their mouths, mm. and it's only going to get harder. You know, poor yeah. Matt. Good thing. Good thing it's a, a short week. But yeah, poor poor Matt. Sorry, I mean, he's, just pull Matt Ryan. That's just I just feel bad for the guy because he's so nice. He's the butt of all the jokes. I know, yeah, I feel so for bad. Any comeback. That that and then the Warriors down 3-1. Oh, I'm the Warriors so up 3-1 nice. on the Cavs. They did it to themselves. Hey, you can't make this up. <laughs> you cannot make this up. But one thing you can't make up is that the Vikings are heading down south to face the Philadelphia Eagles at Lincoln Financial Field. And this is going to be a rematch of Week 2s. Last year, the Vikings lost in Week 2 against the Philadelphia Eagles in Philly 24-7 in the game that Kirk Cousins led the team in rushing. And if the Vikings want to win this week, Kirk Cousins does not need to lead this team in rushing, but it's going to be a tall tax. And that was that's what leads me to this portion of the show and what is what I like to call Pepsi, that's what I like segment. And Ahmad, this is a segment where we give everyone 40 seconds. We get a, you got a, a play clock, a 40-second play clock to tell us one thing that you like about this Minnesota Vikings team heading into Philly. Okay, I get 40 seconds. You're yep. pulling up the clock for me that I clock, like yeah. heading into Philly. Yeah, okay. that you like heading into Philly. All right, you tell me when to go and I'll be ready to roll. Five, four, three, two, and one. I like that Kirk Cousins threw for over 300 yards. I like that Justin Jefferson had over 140 receiving yards. Those are the two main spots in this offense, and I like that Josh Oliver and TJ Hawkinson were also mixed in in the passing game. I think the offense is fine. 
I think what we saw was some flashes of last season that they're comfortable. You know, Kevin O'Connell is going to expand the playbook as the weeks go along and they get more rhythm on offense and things like that. So I like where the offense is. I just want to see Alexander Madison rush for more than 34 yards. Hmm. I want to see Kevin O'Connell call more than 17 rushing attempts in the game like that. So I like where the offense is. Don't press the panic button. They're going to be okay. Get Jordan Addison more involved and KJ make some tougher catches. Right on time. Dang. It's like you're in the TV business. <laughs> Man, yeah, I mean, that is that is a really positive uh, thing to get behind if you're this Minnesota Vikings team is you you have a quarterback who's still accurate, who still had the plays, who still was making the plays that was right in front of him, and then you still got the best wide receiver in the NFL. Exactly. I mean, not just the best wide receiver, maybe one of the best players in the NFL. That's true. Well, you saw two. the look on his face, you yeah. know, at the end of the game after the loss, like just sitting on the bench, like you can tell this guy's a competitor. He yeah. wants to win. So I know everyone's writing them off. It's going to be a hard week. We yeah. know. But I think if Kirk and JJ can be on the same page and, you know, they can connect, I think they'll have a chance to win in the fourth quarter because the Eagles didn't look great versus the Patriots in week one. Yeah, this is a bounce back week for J.J. Um, he, I'm sure he's had, well, I've talked to him and he said this is one of the games that he had circled on his um, schedule this year simply because of what Darius Slay and the Philadelphia Eagles did to him last year. I mean, they held him to, you know, less than 50 receiving yards and Darius Slay had two interceptions when he was covering J.J. So this is going to be a big week, but I do like our chances with number eight and number 18 in white, I guess, since there'll be. Not in purple since they're on the road this week. Tatum, 40 seconds on the clock. Yeah, I was dreading doing this one. I'm not going to lie. I left it I left it blank on the on the format because I was like, man, I'm going to just say whatever comes to my brain in the moment because I can't really think about this one because this game makes me a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. Does that count as part of my 40? No, I was. Gosh I, darn it. It, 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 it. I started <laughs> it. I started it and then you paused. So oh, I paused man. too. Okay, no worries. I really liked seeing Brian Flores' defense kind of come together with a lot of different looks. I felt like... Even if they weren't blitzing, they were showing blitz that they were giving the quarterback, Baker Mayfield, something to think about pre-snap. And I really think that that's going to be something you'll see a lot in this defense moving forward and in different ways. So I'm excited to see that because there's only, you know, one. um, They can't scheme for too long against this defense, I guess, three days. Right. So I don't know. I, I also like the fact that they're only seven point underdogs going into this one, because that that to me is also like. Vegas knows something we don't know, maybe. Yeah. And I love feeling a positive. Positive news. Ooh, right was that on positive? Time. Do I sound, I know, I sound like a doomsday. <laughs> right Sorry, on time. guys. <laughs> You're right <staying> on <laughs> Defensively, this is going to be a big week. Yeah. Um, I was watching film from the Eagles-Patriots game last week, and I was just looking at the Patriots roster, and they only have two first-rounders on their starting defense. Everyone else are fourth- and fifth-rounders. And the fact that they were swarming around the ball, sacking Jalen Hurts, they sacked him three times, hit him six times, like these guys want to play for Brian Flores and there's not many big names just correlating the two back with each other. There are not many big names, first rounders where there are big names, but not many first rounders on this Vikings defense. So it it doesn't matter what round you were drafted. It doesn't matter um, who you are. If you're ready to play and you're willing to, to do what Brian Flores wants you to do, I feel like this defense is going to be really good this season. So I'm excited to see what that looks like against Jalen Hurts. I think as long as they stop the run, they'll be yeah. fine and don't give up explosive plays. Oof. A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith are going to get their catches, but don't let them get 30, 40, 50-yard catches. Yeah. You limit explosives, you stop the run, you have a chance to win. Mm. For sure. All right. Uh, for me, as much as I hate playing Philly, I think this being a Thursday night game is somewhat beneficial for us because given what we just talked about for the first chunk of the show, 
the fact that it is a short week, a short turnaround, you cannot dwell on the woulda, coulda, shoulda of this past game. What you actually get to do is look at all of the flaws, all of the issues that you had, the small things that cost you the game last week with all the turnovers and everything and look at it and say, if we just clean up our own mess, we'll be okay. Uh, for me, the idea that um, offensively, I don't think you're going to be throwing that many picks, having those kind of fluky turnovers, and defensively, I think you get a turnover. So for me, that's going to be the key for Thursday. Right on the nail. It's like ding, you've ding, done ding. this before, Jay. You ding, work ding, on ding. Jay's, really, Jay's, Jay's really good at hitting the buzzer around time without even looking yeah. at it. Was... It's called editing a lot of that. <laughs> How can I get this down to 2240? That yeah. is correct. That is correct. No, that, that's a good point. This is going to be uh, a, a really big week for our offense and defensive line. And to be able to play these guys prime time again, that, that's going to be a lot of fun. And, and these, these are the moments, like as you know, Jay, you've been around this Vikings team for, for a while now. You know these games, these prime time games. All these guys get up for it. You love having, if it is a Thursday game, you love having those at home because you get that extra day, sleep in your own bed, have an extra day of prep, et cetera, et cetera. But for these guys, you know, you're going on the road in a hostile place. You did it last year. And for the, a, a giant chunk of the roster that was still here last year, they remember what they're walking in the door with. So for me, I just feel like, especially big time players like JJ talking about this one having circled on his on his calendar. Yeah. Those guys know what they're in for, and I think they're going to put their best foot forward on Thursday night. Thursday night. Thursday night football can't get here quick enough. Prime video, 7.15 Central Time is kickoff from Lincoln Financial Field. And uh, one thing that I am really, really looking forward to is just seeing how this linebacking core bounces back from last week. Uh, we saw, I believe there were five linebackers that played for this Vikings team on this past Sunday against the Buccaneers. And the the rhythm, I believe, was was kind of messed up. But at the same time, I, I look at it as Brian Flores keeping his guys fresh, knowing that it's going to be a short week. So a guy in Jordan Hicks who's playing against his former team in the Philadelphia Eagles, if he's playing 80 snaps, 90 snaps uh, week one, that doesn't keep him healthy and uh, safe for this upcoming you know, NFC championship game that this Minnesota Vikings team is looking forward to on Thursday. So this linebacker room, I, I believe they're going to have a big game on Thursday, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what that looks like under Brian Flores' leadership. Ding, ding, ding. Can I ask you a question about yeah. the linebackers, though? Yeah. Brian Asamoah, Jr. Yeah. This was a guy who was slated to be the starter. He only got two reps this past game. Yeah. Kevin O'Connell said after the game that he needs to look at the the play count, see you know who played more, see if they can you know get some guys involved more. But he did say that Ivan Pace Jr. earned his reps during camp. Mm -hmm because Brian Asamoah was out with injury. Do you think he still deserves a chance to show his worth? Yeah, I, I don't think Brian has done enough to not be on the field. And yeah, Ivan, yeah it's a next man up league. And uh, Ivan Pace was that guy. He's been high all offseason. Well, everyone has been high on him all offseason. But still, Brian Asamoah, just from what he did last year and what he's done on special teams and how he's contributed leadership-wise in this locker room, I believe they're going to find some ways to get him some more opportunities. And he was nothing but positive after the game. When I asked right. him about it, and you know how players can be right. a little sour when they right. don't get any playing time. He's like, hey, it's a team game. He's right. like, we'll be all right. I was like, I like that. The other thing, too, that was interesting about that was you only had basically the two primary linebackers in that position yep. that played. So we were we were curious if there's going to be more of a rotation or how that was going to go. The fact that it did work out the way it did and he only got two snaps kind of yep. shows you like those were the two guys that they kind of geared up at least game plan wise as the mainstays in that middle of the field. Even Troy Dye got a, a few snaps and I, I know we look at Josh Metellus as a, a dime linebacker or a safety but still I look at him as a linebacker. Um, just his makeup, his body, the way he plays the game. Uh, respectfully I believe he he's a, a box linebacker. I'm just thinking of a, a Landon Collins mm -hmm. type 
or a Jabril Pepper, somebody that can, you know, be in the back center field, but also can be can play in the box. So Mr. Versatile. That, that's why they love <laughs> that's him. That's why, why he got extended. They love him, right? That's yep. why he got extended. So. I asked him that during camp. He said, I'm, I'll play anywhere they want me to play. <laughs> <laughs> well, that versatility is going to be on full display and much needed on Thursday night against the Philadelphia Eagles in order for this Vikings team to be successful. And uh, Tatum, we'll start with you on this. Uh, just keys to success. What are some keys to success for this Vikings team or one key to success for this Vikings team that could ultimately lead in a a great night for the team in purple? Yeah, I think Ahmad talked about this a little bit ago, but I think it's committing to the run and not allowing the it to be so much of a drop back game. I think that was the case on Sunday. And I feel like especially against this front who might be even better then the Bucks front, I think that you really need to be able to just commit to it and establish it early and often. You need to hold on to the ball a lot longer, and obviously running the ball helps that as, as much as possible with the clock. So for me, it's Alexander Madison having a a great day. Um, I, I love the fact that 27 of his 34 yards came after contact, so I just think he just needs to get in more of a rhythm and be given the opportunity to get in a rhythm. And obviously with the challenges of the offensive line injuries, I know that's going to be... Very high on Philadelphia's <laughs> list of trying to negate, but I feel like the commitment there needs to be established um, for this to for this offense to find themselves um, in this game. The trenches are the Philadelphia Eagles' strong suit. Like that's what they they specialize in. And if you could block those guys or at least stop the run, whatever, however you want to look at it, that makes our job a lot easier. I believe the middle of the the. Philadelphia Eagles defense is their not their strongest part. So if we can get our guys, our linemen up to their second level of defense, that bodes well for Alexander Madison and and, and Kevin O'Connell just trusting the run. Uh, we started the the game off with a run play against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So it's not like he doesn't it's not like he doesn't want to run the ball. I believe it's just being consistent with doing so. And uh, if we continue to get some of those big chunk yardage on first and second down, which I kind of getting to my point, but I'll let you go first. Um, uh, um, that'll, that'll help our entire uh, offense. I think I'm doubling down on what both you and Tatum have said, and I think it comes down to not only the running game, but establishing your identity up front, both yeah. offensively and defensively. Uh, because if you lose in the trenches, you don't stand a chance to win outside mm-hmm. or behind them. So I think that's what it boils down to, controlling the Philadelphia Eagles' pass rush and them being able to get after the rushing game, and then also having your linemen, whether Garrett Bradbury plays, Christian Darisaw, all those guys at Ingram. He said he played good last week. Well, now we need you to play even better this yeah. week. So I think that's what it boils down to. Which offensive line and defensive line are going to, you know, assert their dominance? And I think whoever does that is who's going to be coming out mm. the winner on Thursday night. Mm. To me, I think part of that, though, is you saw a little bit and everyone was kind of looking at the numbers saying, man, Kirk threw 44 passes. But what you saw a lot of, too, is a lot of like two to three yard short passes treating that almost like the running game. And I wonder if I, I, if the, the middle of that line is going to be potentially problematic just given how they are as dominant as they are. I think you might see a lot of uh, jet sweeps and a lot of uh, outside runs or even just quick screen dump passes, getting the ball out of Kirk's hands as fast as possible to negate the fact that mm-hmm. somebody's going to be in his face trying to get him after two, three seconds. So I think a lot of that's going to be predicated on just get the ball out of his hands as fast as possible and try to get to the edges with our speed. Do you think that was a part of the strategy this week? Like maybe let's not throw all of that movement in the offense 
this first week in preparation for Philly? Potentially, but like, I mean, we won't fully know that. It's just I know, but isn't that interesting to think? That's the thing is like you (laughs) they you try to set certain things up because you'll you might run one thing in in a game scheme, knowing that in the future when somebody sees that on on tape, then as soon as they line up, they're going, oh, they're running this. And you completely flip it on its head. It, it, it's kind of the old Cam Newton thing where they're like, mm-hmm. oh, they're running this. He's like, oh, you're watching film. Yeah, watch this kind <laughs> of a thing. Go. It's the same thing. And I think, yeah, I, 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 I do not expect us just to get in the same formations and run the same kind of a deal. I, maybe they were trying to, you know, think ahead and, and set some of that kind of stuff up for Philly. But it, I'm just thinking, you know, as an offensive line, if, if you feel like that is going to be a very difficult nut to crack, um, then avoid it and yeah. get, get the ball out of his hands as fast as possible. Get to the edges and see if you can you know, out-sprint them with your speed. I honestly think that's going to be the Vikings' bread and butter this entire 2023 season mm-hmm. is getting to the edges where you have Brian O'Neill yep. and Christian Darisaw and an extension of the line and Josh Oliver. Because if you throw right. on the tape, he's essentially a left tackle right. that can move, catch, and block. Right. You know, So I think the outside is where they're going to make their money this season. It's not up the middle, unfortunately. You want to be able to, to run up there, but – Toss sweeps, get right. to the edge, show that speed, like Jay was saying. Yeah, that that is the Viking strength is their their bookends, their tackles. But I, I look at that as a challenge for Garrett Bradbury and uh, Ed Ingram and Ezra Cleveland to basically say, no, 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 run it behind me. Right. Like, yeah, I know you can run it behind those other guys, but run it behind us. We can get the job done, and um, they have an opportunity to do that this weekend. Um, on those edges, you know, getting up to the second level. So, uh, Jay, I'm gonna throw it right back to you. Yeah. What is your key to success? For the Vikings on Thursday. Ahmad actually teed me up perfect for it. And it's <laughs> the tight ends for me. It's the tight ends. Um, heard a really interesting discussion kind of about this. And Philly people are really nervous right now uh, about a, a certain chunk of this game. And one of the pieces is the tight end game that we have. And yeah. the reason why uh, N'Kobe Dean is out with a foot injury and he's possibly going to short term IR. He's their green dot linebacker. And so uh, Christian Ellis filled in for him um, this past game when when N'Kobe went out. And here's the thing. Christian Ellis and Zach Cunningham are their only two other linebackers that are really listed yeah. on their roster. Mm-hmm. So for them, they're really thin. They have two other guys on their on their practice squad. Then they just signed someone in free in free agency. They're talking about well, bringing in Rashawn Evans, but yeah. they haven't. Yeah, Former exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so they there's the dis- right now. Yeah. Yeah, so they're. I believe they about, signed him to the practice squad, right? It, it's listed as signing to their practice squad. I don't know if it was officially done okay. yet, but okay. yeah, it was. It was uh, former Titan Rashawn Evans is somebody okay. that they were looking to sign. So again, they're really kind of thinner at that position, which means that, uh, and, and also on top of that, cornerback James Bradbury's in right. concussion protocol. So there's, and he was uh, being replaced by Josh Job, and so for them, there is some softness there, given that. A, a a stalwart like Nicobe Dean is out at this point. So Josh Oliver catching a couple passes last week made me smirk, um, knowing right. that his numbers, I think, were at like 0.7 catches a game in his yep. career, and he got at least a couple last week. Yep. Um, that also shows that them saying, listen, if Josh Oliver's on that line, it doesn't necessarily mean he's just there to block. He's, he can <laughs> get out in some space too. And then, you know, TJ Hawkinson being as dynamic as he can be, I just feel like if uh, we can twist – those uh, linebackers around a little bit in coverage. That was the thing that they were the most nervous about is that Ellis is kind of a thumper. Yeah. Um, and knowing that coverage-wise is where he gets a little squirrely. And so for us, I think if you start running a lot of stuff crossing across the middle, whether it's tight ends or even even uh, wide receivers, 
or running backs, yeah. you know, him trying to keep up with some of those speed is going to be a little bit of a problem. So we got to get Kirk time so that that middle can be exploited. And it did say that Adam Schefter reported that Rashawn Evans signed to their practice squad. Okay. He may be elevated, but last season with the Falcons, mm-hmm. uh, he had started all 17 games, had 159 tackles, mm. two sacks, and four pass breakups. Mm. So hopefully he doesn't play on a short <laughs> week. <laughs> well, and he's a real right. vocal leader, too. Yeah. Like, I can see him getting in a locker room and already being a motivator. Having sure. covered him in Tennessee for several years, he's... Yeah, yeah, you know, they're, they're not um, – <laughs> they, they have a lot of those in Philly already, yeah. so he will fit right into that locker <laughs> yes, room. Yes, yes, he really yeah. was. The personality is there. Right. And um, James Palmer, we, we talked to him earlier this week, and he was talking – he was in the locker room following the Eagles-Patriots game, and he said Fletcher Cox – was pretty banged up in the locker room. Yeah, so that's maybe questionable here on their report right now. It's maybe something to think about also, but still they got Jalen Carter as a backup. I was just about to say, <laughs> have you seen the tape of Jalen Carter? My goodness, him and Jordan Davis. They just yeah. reload yeah. every year. I don't know where they get these picks from. How he's kidding. doing his job right yep. now. Yep. Yep. <laughs> he's getting paid the big bucks to do it, and he's doing a great job. And uh, I, I believe this Minnesota Vikings team is well on its way. And you, you, It's a copycat league, right? Like you, you see what other teams do. Uh, you have all offseason to say, okay, well, they were the best pass defense in the NFL. I'm sure Quasey's like, what can we do to get our pass defense up to that level, up to that point? And uh, I love the fact that we're continuing to build, and this is going to be a tough test for this Minnesota Vikings team on Thursday. Ahmad, key to success. Key to success, um, no mistakes, no mm. turnovers. They got to play perfect football. Yeah. And I know you, you you can't play perfect football, but on the way of trying to chase perfection, you know, you can be great. And so I think that's what they just need to do. Don't give the ball away and let Kirk get a chance to go win the game yeah. or let him be able to keep you in the game and play mistake-free football. So no false start penalties, no illegal motions, things like that. They just have to play perfect and give them a, ch- a chance to win at the end of the game and don't shoot themselves in the foot. So that's my key to success this Thursday night, mistake-free football, and the Vikings have a chance to win. Yeah, it's just so uncharacteristic of seeing the Vikings make three turnovers in the right. first half. Like That's just... It, it was a shock. I mean, there were a couple of throws that Kirk made, you know, that we overthrew. I believe it was C.J. Ham or Alexander Madison in the end zone. It's like, that's just so uncharacteristic. Yeah, so Madison I believe the Vikings will figure it out just because of, you know, what's been shown on film previous years. But it's a lot of bulletin board material right now for them. Right. It gave me shades of 2021 just a little bit, which was kind of traumatic for me, I guess, <laughs> being like my first season here. Yeah. And I was like, ooh. I feel and, that. And I was like, so right before the half when they scored. Year. Remember yeah. they scored right before the half? Right, like, because oh, it was like the, yeah. I think, wasn't that the year that they like yeah, allowed 96 points, most in NFL history, in like right the before last the half. two minutes yeah. of the first half? Yeah, it's crazy. It was insane. It was almost like, a, oh, well, they have the ball before halftime. We're definitely right. going to give a touchdown up here. You know, like it was that feeling. It gave me shades of 2021. And I actually had somebody who mentioned during the game, you know, just third quarter saying, I just don't want to see a repeat of last year's third quarters being the ones that had a dip. Oh, yep. yeah. And so that's when true. they, when, when Tampa turned around and went on that eight to nine minute drive in the third quarter, I'm like, you don't even know if that's a thing because they just sat there and methodically went down the field at that point. So, yeah, it, it start to see some patterns here after two weeks coming up with this game on Thursday. Hopefully you get a better sense of what it's really going to be, because if you clean up those mistakes, then we're like, OK, we're, we're OK. You know, win, lose, a draw, however it goes. If you clean up those mistakes, at least you see mistake free football. If you start making those mistakes again, that's when people are really going to start questioning, going, is this our identity or is this just something that is a pattern from two games and we have a third third yeah. week to fix Oof. it? Man, yeah, we got to figure it out this week. What about you? Mine, mine is game management. We, we got to manage the game better, and that that's fully on Kirk Cousins, Kevin O'Connell, and Wes Phillips, offensive coordinator here. Just 
when you look at last year's game, I believe, against the Eagles, I believe the Vikings had five uh, offensive drives in the first half. Four of those drives resulted in three and out. And four of those drives were a minute and a half or less. If you don't win that time of possession battle, you're, you're not going to win the game. And Especially then, with Jalen Hurts running. <laughs> exactly. And then I feel like when, when the Vikings kind of got down in the first half, that resulted in them negating or going away from the run, which – they had six drives in the second half against the Eagles, and three of those drives resulted in interceptions. So that game management, balancing the ball, being good on first and second down, that that's going to be really key in order for this Vikings team to be good. Uh, be good on Thursday because when you turn on the film and you watch the the uh, New England Patriots game last week, that's what Mac Jones did. He just nickled and dimed down the field. He pulled the ball down, ran it a couple of times, just kept their defense honest. And uh, Nicobe Dean just. I mean, I feel like I've scouted him the past five years. He is a hell of a football player, and him not being on that defense on Thursday, that's a great advantage for this Vikings team. So if you can block the guys up front, get up to the second level of the linebackers that we just talked about before, that's going to allow us to win that time of possession. We know the Philadelphia Eagles, they have a running quarterback, Jalen Hurts. Like He's going to RPO, run pass option, either run the ball, stay in bounce, and it's going to put more pressure on your opposing offense because it's like, okay, we got to we got to get the ball in the end zone before this half ends. So I'm excited to see what that looks like, but I'm sure that's going to be a a point of emphasis this week. Yeah, you guys are tired. Yeah, this is a short week. They had a short week also. But if we can win the time of possession, we will win this game. And think about last year with Jalen. That was one of the things that killed us was you were contain, 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 and yep. then he'd get outside and, and eat you for a first down. Yep. That I think is going to be another key this week is that is that contain because then it, you turn around and say it's got to be your arm for him. Mm-hmm. It's got to be your arm. And then that just means that secondary wise, as much pressure as we were trying to put on on Baker this past week. I don't know if you can sit there and go at a 40 plus percent blitz rate, you know, pressure wise to try to get to Jalen. I think you do the opposite. Mm-hmm. I think you try to keep him in that pocket and try to force him to make those kind of throws yep. because when he gets with his legs, that's when everything falls apart. So I'm hoping that coverage wise with these guys, especially the the amount of guys, you know, the six guys on safety and, and just in general, the secondary as much as they were flying around, I think this week so much of it more is going to be on coverage. They're just going to have to be sound, especially if they're in man coverage on the speed that is Philly's wide receiving core at this point. I, For me, it's going to be weird just to see do we completely flip defensively the scheme of what we just did in week one because we were all so excited to see something <laughs> different and be as aggressive as we are. I think you're going to have to pick your spots in that aggression. Otherwise, Jalen might make you pay just by getting out of that pocket. Right. Right, which is which is also why I believe that linebacker rotation in week one was like so underrated. When you have all those linebackers getting in, it keeps everybody fresh. And yeah, you do get to see those guys on film and be like, okay, who's our top two linebackers? Who are we gonna go with in week two? But but still that that I just feel like all those guys have playing ability. They have the reps now. So whenever their number is called, they know how to react. Like I, game speed is something that's so underrated. Like so underrated. Like there there's a like, I know Tatum and I ask questions, but a lot of what these players do when we ask questions, I'm just thinking in the back of my mind, I'm like, they're not going to answer this because what they're doing, they're just feeling it. Like, you the, you have to be out there and just feel what's actually going on. Like, it's 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 unexplainable. Because so, the preseason and the regular season, two, two different totally things. different beasts. I think that's pretty yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm going to say, <laughs> and you can't just, like I said earlier, you can't replicate game speed at practice. No matter how many situational right. drills KOC puts the team in or says, hey, we need you to amp it up, go right. full speed, just don't tackle here. 
atmosphere, you will never get that game-like atmosphere mm-hmm. at practice. So I think that's why you historically see all offenses struggle in week one of the yeah. regular season because they don't have that rhythm and that continuity yet. So I think week two, week three is when they start to expand and say, hey, this is where I know my guy will be. They kind of get to scheming up things a little bit better because you get to see the defenses you're going up against. So I think Justin Jefferson is licking his chops. Mm-hmm. You know, Kirk oh, Cousins yeah. is a competitive beast. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure he wants to, some get back from last year. So I'm, yeah, I want to see the juice. Like, yeah. I want to see them get out there and, like, talk crap. Pop a little bit, yeah. right? Like, I, not that I, not that they didn't, I guess, against the Bucks, but, you know, I think there was a little bit of swagger and confidence that they were like, okay, this yeah. team's not as good on paper, right, as we right. are. And so I want to see them come out there and be like, like, amped. They, they have nothing I, I to see lose. The energy. Right. Yeah. They have nothing. To, everybody's expecting yeah. them to lose. And offensively, they're going into a hostile environment this yeah. week. You know, it's not going to be quiet. Yeah. You're not going to have the ideal situation like you were at home this first week. You're going into a place that's going to be loud and yeah. nasty. And so you're going to have to be on your P's and Q's, understand all your you know extra signals and everything else, and just mentally be prepared for not being able to vocalize as easily as, as week one. So again, all those small mistakes, you got to fix those plus do it in a hostile environment. Yep. This this is a boxing match. <laughs> like this is a like usually we'll we'll you know give the analogy of chess and like boxing is chess, but chess you know it's quiet and it's peace here, peace there, checkmate. But boxing like you got to throw a couple of jabs, you got to get them back on their heels, and that's something that the Philadelphia Eagles do week in and week out. They're a physical bunch. They're going to jab you and they're going to hit you with an uppercut. You got to meet fire with fire through this Minnesota Vikings team. And uh, just saying that, Ahmad, just the 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 overall general view of this game. How do you see the Vikings bouncing back this week? Being very physical. And I'm not just talking about their dominance at the line of scrimmage, but I'm talking about head coach Kevin O'Connell's play calling. Mm. I think he understands we got to take our shots. We can't be timid against this defense because if you're timid, then you're talking about three and outs. Then you're talking about Jalen Hurts rushing and, you know, Kenneth Gainwell and all those guys and them holding the ball for eight to nine minutes again. So he has to be aggressive, you know, screen passes, get the defense off balance, but get the ball to J.J. down the field. Take your shots with Justin uh, uh, Jefferson, Jordan Addison, KJ Osborne, because if you're, you're if you're playing conservative versus this yeah. team, they're going to make you pay. So it's it comes down to Kevin O'Connell's play calling and his aggressiveness going forward on those fourth and ones, those fourth and twos, giving your team that confidence to say, hey, we're going to go win this game. Just follow my lead. So yeah. I think it starts with him. Jay, unorthodox. You got to be unorthodox. I think if you go in there and just try to do a straight game plan, you know, try to smash them in the mouth kind of a thing in the trenches, I think you're potentially going to be asking for trouble. And given how much they like to – they can grind it out, but how much they do like to hit the big play on offense for for the Eagles, I think you have to be equal on our end too. You might have your normal formations look like you're going to run, but, man, you get, you have to give Kirk time in order to hit those quick plays in order to keep them on their toes because – if you let that defensive line put pin their ears back and know that it's third and eight, third and seven, third and ten, they're going to tee off on him. Mm-hmm. And he, as versatile as he's been, we all watch quarterback, all that kind of stuff, just <laughs> to see how how versatile he has been. I do not want to see him taking multiple big shots from those guys because it's going to add up in the end. So for me, I want them to be unorthodox. I want to keep defense of Philly on their toes, and I want to see them just – Open up the complete playbook, throw the kitchen sink at him, and see what happens. The trick plays, hey. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let's do it. But, but, but seriously, week two already. Listen, there were oh, there man. was uh, was it uh, Sean 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 Payton went uh, uh, onside kick, onside on kick in the very first play of the game. Yeah, man, y'all tripping. So, <laughs> and there and there have been that's the way we've won in Philly though in the past. The way we've won in Philly in the past is a blocked punt, you know, blocked field goals, things like that, like yeah. just. Special teams. It's, yeah, like unorthodox. And we need, as at 
we talked about it all last year. We talked talking about it a little bit in the show. The idea you got to win at least two out of the three phases of the game. Yeah. Why not make special teams? That was such a huge difference for us last year. Get those guys back on the field. I I know that they were freaking out over some of the stupid penalties, the holding plays, that kind of stuff because they were killers. Clean that stuff up and make special teams at least a difference maker that's going to help keep you in the game, let alone win it for you. Yeah, I just think you got to take the crowd out of this. I'll just echo what I said earlier about bringing the energy. Start fast, take the crowd out of this, make sure they're not a factor. And um, I think I think once you once you're able to do that, you can kind of hone in on what you need to do, which is everything you guys just said. I mean, mistake free and, and all the above. Um, I think this I think this game is more mental than we give it credit for, and I really think that this game is going to be more up here. Yeah. And by up here, I mean I'm pointing to my brain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's 90% of the game. 90%, 95% of the game is mental, five physical. But when you're playing the Philadelphia Eagles, it's probably 90-10. Might be 90-10. But uh, this is going to be a very, very fun matchup. Uh, Thursday night football. It doesn't get the lights doesn't get any brighter than this on Prime Video. You got Kirk Herbstreet, Al Michaels, Kaylee Hartung. They're all on the call. You got the the guys at the set. Like this is prime time purple football. Of course, it's not at home, but it is going to be a big big game, and I'm excited just to to be a part of that and just to witness and then come back next week to uh, hopefully provide some good news for Vikings fans. Final thoughts, Ahmad. I just want to see a good game. I just want them to go out there and give it their all. I don't want them to come back and say, oh, we made all these mistakes. Play mistake-free football, line up, mano-a-mano, big boy football, and let's see who comes out winners. At the end of the day, you know, everybody, somebody has to lose each and every week. And if they can go out there, give a good effort, leave everything on the field, I think we can be satisfied as fans and analysts and just say, you know what, all right, maybe they got outplayed. So I just mistake-free football. Just go out there and leave it all in the field. I'm going to remember that when it's a 17-17 tie at the end of the game. <laughs> no, because no, that means that we're, we're getting home at 3.30. We'll be getting home at like 5.30 if that happens. Well, you just get off the plane and come to work. There you go. Ooh. Yeah. No, yeah. I will not be doing that. <laughs> work harder, not smarter, I guess. Yeah, no. I guess that's what that no, is. No, I will be napping. Thank you. No. Final thoughts. Tatum will be napping. Oh uh, yeah, that that's it. I'm ready to nap. No, I'm I um I'm excited for this game. I think that uh this is a chance for them to really go out and just kind of put last week's and and everything everyone has said to bed. Um you've got uh to think divisionally, right? Like the Lions coming out with a win over the Super Bowl champ, the reigning Super Bowl champs. You've got the Packers making quite the statement over the Bears. So to start 0-2 while these two teams are playing, I think it's the Seahawks and the... With the Lions playing the Seahawks and the Packers playing the Falcons, you know, they they all both could easily start 2-0. and So I think it's not good to start the season out 0-2 when your two divisional rivals are 2-0 and right now. So Agreed. That is, that is what worries me. And um, I'm looking forward to hopefully proving everyone wrong. So are the Minnesota Vikings. And the stage could not be set any brighter. Thursday night football, 7.15 Central Time, Lincoln Financial Field, Vikings at Eagles. You can listen to that game right here on the Vikings Radio Network, KFAN, with voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen, Pete Bursage, and Ben Lieber. And everything that comes with the territory for this Vikings team. This is going to be fun. 
There's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure you stay tuned to Vikings.com for the most up-to-date coverage of the team. Uh, my name is Gabe Henderson. That's Jay Nelson. Eric Davison was here, but he was in the cut today. <laughs> but he's going to be on the edit, as always, bringing you guys a quality, quality show. And beside him, Tatum Everett and then Ahmad Hicks. Ahmad, I appreciate you joining us. Uh, thanks for having me, man. It was yeah, fun. Ahmad. Watch him on Fox 9, y'all. There you go. Watch the pregame show, Vikings Game Day Live, starting at 6 o'clock this Thursday. And the postgame show coming up after the game. Oh, Let's that's go. right. We do have a pregame show. Huh? Every, every game And it, can they watch the game on Fox 9? Yes, they, they don't can actually Prime? watch the game on okay. Fox 9. Yes, and Fox Local. Uh, that streaming app, yeah. So nice. you can watch the game in a multitude of ways. And then Sunday, you also have uh, game day live. Correct? Yes, we also have a game day live at ten o'clock on okay. uh, Sunday. Yeah, so we'll we have You're all the Vikings. Overtime, the work doesn't huh? stop. The work does not stop during the football season. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's how many year. Stay tuned. We'll be talking to you guys next week. Say hello to flawlessly smooth skin at Pure Lux Med Spa, the preferred med spa of the Minnesota Vikings cheerleaders. Specializing in elite laser hair removal, body contouring, Botox, cosmetic filter, and age-defying skincare treatments such as Diamond Glow and Skin Pen for collagen induction therapy. For more information, visit MyPureLux.com backslash Vikings for exclusive offers to Vikings fans. That's www.MyPureLux.com backslash Vikings.